Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. What's up, people? This is DJ. Hey, mi gente. This is Ish. And, and this, this is Season, season two, 2 of Pero Let Me Tell You. understand what that word means i think i do i don't think you do. millions of people can't be wrong so the nazis were right okay so you know what you know what let's make a poll right here on pero let me tell you and we're gonna make this poll when the show goes live okay all right fair enough so the, we want to know we're gonna put andy sandberg and you could tell you know people could vote if they find him funny or not mm-hmm. and then we'll put jimmy fallon mm-hmm. and you could put if you find him funny or not because you know you know you know my problem with you oh and welcome to episode 56 yeah, everybody welcome. Hi. <laughs> you're 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 in the middle of us bickering <laughs> you know you know what my problem with you and comedy is what is that c- comedy is very subjective true right true obviously yeah there's things you're going to find funny that i don't find funny and vice versa i don't find dane cook funny whatsoever right but i fa- i i can't say that he's not funny because dean cook sells out madison square garden like 10 times over so if tens of thousands of people find him funny but i don't find him funny i'm not gonna be like well you know he's not funny well no well, but is. you can say it's just i don't I find don't. him funny which is what i say i'm like i don't find jimmy fallon funny yeah, you say that he's not funny I just don't think I again. I don't think he's funny. But he's hilarious, and no. so is Andy Samberg no, and the Lonely not. Planet. No, not at all. No, Mm-mm. whatever. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget that song? I'm on a boat. That was like my anthem for 2009. Like it was my jam. Did you even go on a boat that year? I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and you didn't like dig in a box. No. Mother lover. No. The golden rule with Lady Gaga. Well, I mean, no. Okay, well, everybody, welcome to episode uh, 56 of Pero Let Me Tell You. Um, Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Pero Friday, happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Pero Friday. Como está todo el mundo? Oh, I think they're okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's Friday. How can you, how can they not be okay? (laughs) Or or for us, it's fake Friday. It's fake Friday. It's It's fake Friday. It's faux Friday. (laughs) So, hope everybody had a great week. And if you didn't, well, I hope we can make it a little better. You know who didn't have a good week? Actually, one person had a good week, 
and one person had a bad week. Okay. So finally, Jesse Smollett is having a good week. This is true. He Jesse was cleared Smollett, of all yeah, charges. He was, he was, well, was he cleared or were they dropped? They were dropped. Okay. Well, okay. cleared. Oh, that's the same thing. No, I'm, well, I'm... actually, no. Yeah, he was. They charged all. all they dropped all charges against him. So okay, okay. I don't know. It's funny because as of today, Fake Friday, <laughs> um, <laughs> they've only put that he, the charges were dropped. They haven't really uh, put the reason why. Right. It was a situation where they just didn't have credible evidence, or they didn't right. have enough evidence, or maybe if they did, um, they you know they didn't. They chose not to prosecute it for, for whatever, whatever reason. reason. Um, but he was cleared. So what do you think? What do you think of that? Well, I think there's, you know, it's like they say, there's a difference between not guilty and innocent. Um, True. I'd like to understand why. I'd right. like to understand why these charges were dropped. Um, maybe it could also be, I mean, we've seen it many times before where charges get dropped, not necessarily because it's not the case that mm-hmm. XYZ happened, but, excuse me, but rather that they just didn't have enough to make it stick. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, uh, it would have been very the, burden in of this proof. Case, I don't know if it's a situation where, I mean, they claim to have evidence against him, right? Um, <clears throat> because I mean, he, he his, the charges brought up against him were several, and there were there were there were many, right? And they were pretty specific, yeah, significant. So, so at one point in time, they must have had enough evidence to at least bring up charges against him. Right. So again, as of today, Fake Friday, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know exactly why they dropped him. Look, I you know we we gave our opinion on that here. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just the way that I am. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he still maintains his innocence. He wasn't found guilty in a court of law. Right, right. Um, they've dropped the the charges against him, so there's something there, or not there, or not there. <laughs> or not you there. know, yeah. uh, you know, maybe it's not as. Cut and dry. Cut and dry. As yeah. Either way, either yeah, yeah, that yeah. he was the victim exactly. of a crime or that he made it up. Maybe, right. you know, as we always say, the truth is somewhere in the somewhere middle. Somewhere in the middle. So, you know who's not having a good week? Who's not having a good week? Michael Avenatti. Your favorite person. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. I never have been. <laughs> is it because, you know, he's a Nike guy and you're a Reebok guy? I am a Nike guy. <laughs> oh. Have you seen the amount of Jordans I wear? I, have, you know, I don't like shoes. You don't, I don't like shoes? I don't, I don't really like shoes. I don't like feet. You know, I don't like feet. Okay, but well, you're, you got to cover the feet. No, but to me, it's like I don't want to look anywhere down there. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, bueno, Michael Avanari está jodido. So he, he got served and uh, he got arrested, actually. Oh, he got arrested? He, yeah, he got arrested. Oh. I believe his bail was like $300,000 for um, in federal court mm-hmm. in New York, in the Southern District of New York and in California. The New York case is um, an extortion case against Nike. And the California case is over attorney's fees. So basically what he's being charged with is that in um, California, there is apparently a client that he had a settlement of like $1.6 million. And he withheld the settlement from the client. Apparently the client didn't even know that they had settled. What? Yeah. How do you not know they settled for $1.6 million? Very easy. You settle with the insurance company or with whatever entity you're settling with. Uh Um, You sign the release. Mm -hmm. They give you the check. You put it in your trust account and you cash the money and you take a vacation. (laughs) Like that's... No, but I'm saying, but if I I have a case with you, like wouldn't I be like, hey, where's my case? Where's my case? Oh, you know, litigation takes years and, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of guessing in terms 
charges. Right. But, you know, litigation takes years, so who knows. But the point is, the charges are that he um, settled this case for $1.6 million, okay. and he took the money to pay off either creditors or debt that he had, but for her, his own personal It was use. Columbia House, so, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I used to subscribe <laughs> to BMG. That's why I could never return them at the store. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and in California, he's being sued for extortion against Nike. Yeah, so what's that about? So apparently he had some inside scoop uh, against some type of allegation that Nike was paying certain coaches or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not right, very right, specific right, right, what right. the allegations are. But basically, um, and specifically what happened was that he threatened Nike to have a press conference where he was going to throw them, throw them under the bus mm-hmm. and say that, again, that... Um, they had whatever ties the with, dirt was. with whatever the right. dirt was that he, they were paying either certain coaches, certain teams, and this was in college, um, at the college level, um, and that um, you know Nike was behind this, mm-hmm. and he was going to shine light on this, you know, as mm-hmm. the civil servant that he is, right. <laughs> and um, he was being recorded. Oh. And there is, you know, there are recordings of him saying, hey, you know, if you give me $20 million, we'll call oh, it a day. Right. Um, and you can find these recordings online. Mm-hmm. And um, he's being sued for extortion. I mean, that, that's extortion. The extortion one is going to be a little bit easier for him. Oh, there's a recording. Well, no, it's going to be a little bit. I mean, it's it's I, the, the the defense in the extortion oh, case oh. is a little bit easier mm-hmm. um, than in the other one because in the other one, I mean, it's clear cut. If if he received a settlement mm-hmm. and he did not inform his client and he did not because you have to as an attorney you have to offer you have to tell your client what an offer is you have a duty to tell your right, client right. whatever offer it is even if the offer is a dollar right. um, if he got these offers and he didn't give them to his client and he signed the release and he took the money I mean that's just pretty take, clear cut. Take, take take your pick from fraud you know in terms of signature <laughs> to you know conversion to theft I mean take your pick as to what happened you know my problem with him is that from the very beginning i i am not a fan maybe it's because i see it from a different point of view because i am in the legal field sure um i i think that attorneys can do some great work and can be great civil servants Mm -hmm. but generally when you do that you don't do that with the ambition of being a star and being tab, you know, tab a tabloid celebrity like Gloria Allred, or and, and my problem with him was that during the whole Stormy Daniels, you know, debacle, I would see all these interviews of him, and the interview he was the star, you know, not right, her. Right, right. Whereas you know, many many times you'll see it whether it's on the View or whatever talk show that somebody goes with their attorney, but. Basically, the person is doing most of the talking. They're there just to make the sure attorney. they don't say anything incriminating, right. or, or if, you know, they, or if, like the host have a specific legal question, they'll ask the attorney, right, right. or but, for them to say. But like, Michael Avenatti, but Michael Avenatti, like it was his show. It's, it wasn't Stormy Daniels. It was right, his right, show, right, and right. he was going to bring down Trump, and he was going to show people who Trump was. Like he was this knight in shining armor. Right. And something that I found very disingenuous about him was how he made, you know, 
not too long after the whole Stormy Daniels thing like went through that he you know he was going to run for president that he was thinking of running for president and it's like what qualifications do you have to run for president I mean you're you're talking that Trump doesn't have qualifications yeah let's run down run the list president. of yours what qualifications yeah. do you have have you ever held yeah. any office have you ever you know studied politics I mean what you're an attorney so what I mean that doesn't make you qualified for <gasps> you're an for attorney office. you should run for president please um, let's that do make it you, that doesn't make you qualified for office so I just I found him very disingenuous and I, I didn't care for him whatsoever. So, I mean, I don't want to damn him because I'm, I'm not that type of person to be like, you know, rot in jail. But, I mean, if he really did do these things and, you know, he he better hire a good attorney. Well, this is true. Not himself. Speaking. Uh, an attorney who represents himself has a fool for a client. Is that the old, that's the old adage. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Trump. Okay. Well, I guess it was a good week for Trump. Oh, yeah. That Mueller thing that Mueller thing. that Mueller thing yeah, yeah. Mueller thing yeah like it's funny whenever, whenever I hear Mueller I just think of like pasta. no I think of pasta oh <laughs> the brand <laughs> yeah that's what I think of I think of the little white box with the blue logo yeah so yeah the Mueller report came out and it said I mean, well, we really don't know what it well, says. Well, we don't know what it says, but here's the thing about the Mueller report. The Mueller report said that there was no evidence of collusion. And that's very important to pick up on that line. He didn't say that there wasn't any. It's and, kind of like what, it's like difference between right, 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 right. He didn't say there's not enough evidence to prosecute. Mm-hmm. You know, to successfully prosecute. Because right. remember, when you're a prosecutor or you're doing an investigation, mm-hmm. you have to have enough evidence in a good case where you could prosecute and win. Yeah, because right. you're not going to take something to court. Knowing right. that that's you're going to lose. That's a loser. Right, right. And sometimes people have some evidence against someone, but they know that it's not enough. So right. they just decide not to prosecute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here, he clearly said there was no evidence of collusion. Look, I know that surprised a lot of people. It did not surprise me. I had been saying this for a long time. I'm like, unless there is a smoking gun that like right. Donald Trump is holding, they're not going to have anything on him. And why do you uh, think people got into such a froth the media, over the media? You think so? Yeah, it was totally the media. This was oversold by the media. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I mean, that's all they talked about for as what is it, two years or whatever amount mm-hmm, of time mm-hmm. um, it's been going on. That's all they talked about, and people put their eggs in the and 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 put all their eggs in in a basket. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Mueller report, the Mueller report, the Mueller report. Like if they were sure. That it was going to say everything they, right. they wanted it to right. say. Right. And Republicans were, you know, damning the Mueller report. And Democrats were like, oh, the Mueller report. And well, now that it's out, <laughs> it's out and didn't go how people thought it was. It's the other one, way around. Republicans are like, oh, well, you know, Mueller did his job. And Democrats are like, right. we need to see the whole report. <laughs> and something, no, you know, it's the, you, you, it's, it, you have to trust the process. And right. even though I am, well, you know how I feel about the person in the White House. You have to trust the process. And if this man did his job, even if the outcome was not the outcome I would have wanted. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? Let, let, let's talk about that. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, a lot of Democrats especially, mm-hmm. were of the opinion of like, oh, this isn't the outcome that, that I wanted. And, and you know that that's a weird thing to say. Because it's like, okay. So what they wanted was to create more chaos. Well, and... it's like, okay, but did you want a president then that did collude with Russia? Right, right. 
So you know, it, I, I understand what they were saying. What they wanted what to be proven intended. right. They wanted to be proven right, and right. they wanted to have something to get the guy out of office or use against right, him in the right, next right, election. Right. But then at the same time, it's like when you say, "Oh, this is not what you know." Th- that report must be flawed. This isn't what we want. And I'm like, "What is it that you wanted? A president that they found no evidence colluded with a foreign adversary?" Right, like, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a I weird mean, thing the, the to want. Thing, yeah. The whole thing is a mess, and I think that both sides, you know, effed up on this because again. The way that the media was sold this, especially the more liberal and and democratic leaning media, and you know that's me because I'm mm-hmm. a Democrat, I'm liberal. The way that this was sold was that this was going to this was going to be it. Right. This is what was going to bring down Trump, and it's like you know you, you can't. I, I had to be reported on because obviously we're it's going news. to report it's on news. this. It's news and it's very relevant. But the way that it was reported, like that, it it was going to be this. Wait till that Mueller report comes out. Right. You know he's indicted so many people. Wait till it comes out. All these people that's been arrested. Ha 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 ha. He's <laughs> waiting for the big guy. You know it's like yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, you never know. You, you, you never know what's going to come down the pike. And I think, kind of to your point, the thing I, that annoys me the most about this on both sides of the aisle is, you know, like now all these people, to your point, you know, these the, the, the right is all like, you know, well, you see, he did his job. Yeah. Now now it's like, you know, he's a saint. And then, you know, the, the left is like, oh, but no, but no, 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 no. Well, there's still something that has to be there. And even still, you know, like when it was being released, there were people on, you know, again, social media as the devil, you know, who were just like, you know, oh, I can't wait to read this report, you know, grab my popcorn. to, re-. And it's just like, it's not a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very it's, strange it's circumstances. weird desire to sit back and watch our entire system of government crumble. In years to come. <laughs> In on both sides, ten years at least. When this is far behind us, if we still have our democracy intact, cross our cross your fingers. There's just going to be so many books written about this era, not only because of Trump, but just everything else that has happened. I mean, mm-hmm. the FBI has acted in ways that kind of I've scratched my head from Comey. You know, a couple of weeks or a week before the election, reopening the Hillary Clinton campaign mm-hmm. and then saying no, that he was he wasn't uh, doing that on behalf of anyone, that he was, you know, truly impartial right, right, and right. neutral to the FBI now um, a couple of months ago. Wanting to start an investigation against Trump to see if he was a foreign spy, a Russian spy. Oh, really? Did you you didn't know about that? I didn't that? know about this. The thing. FBI. I don't know if it actually went through, but there was there was a push by the FBI to start a um, an investigation to see if Trump was a foreign spy. And those are the type of things that upset <laughs> me because it's like, first of all, you better have. A ton of evidence of real demonstrative evidence, right. not circumstantial evidence. Right, right. You better have a shitload of demonstrative evidence to make that allegation, right? Because right. you're that's a, talking that's a hell of an allegation. That's a hell of an allegation. I mean, we're talking about like you know summer blockbuster movie right. shit that the president <laughs> of uh, the United Tom States, Tom Clancy level, yeah, <laughs> yeah, is working for the Russians. I mean, I don't even think that's come up in a James Bond movie, <laughs> like. <laughs> And, you know, and and then the FBI puts this out there, but then they didn't go forward with it. It's like, 
it's just very awkward times that we live in. And then, you know, a lot of people in my party also are kind of like, yeah, yeah, investigate. And it's like, okay, let's think let's rationally here. Let's take a breath. Mira, I've, I've, I've told you before and I've said it in conversation here. Obviously, I didn't vote for him. I'm not going to vote for him. I will never vote for him. I don't like the guy. But the guy won. So you know what? No, somebody has to win. Donald to lose. Trump. Yeah. And you know what? There's 2020, and if in 2020 he wins again, well, you know what? No, tenemos que meter a Donald Trump <laughs> sin vaselina for four, four more years. years, and we're just gonna have to deal with it. You know, <laughs> obviously, you know, if if he does, if you don't agree with any. I mean, I've already protested. I protested in the Donald Trump presidency more than I've I've gone out to protest more than I had ever protested in, your life. in my life. Yeah, you know. And I will continue to do that if it's something that is important to me or Correct. something that needs to be, you know, talked about or protested. But I mean, it is what it is. That's the beauty of democracy. You're not always going to get who you want. And that's life. Sometimes you're going to get democracy. Sometimes you're going to get a crazy ass tyrant. Well, you know. <laughs> Whatever. That's life. So, anyway, I wanted to bring something up, shifting okay. right along. Okay, okay. I like some more lively topic. Have you heard of the app called TikTok? It's like a, it's like kind of like mini videos, right? It's yes, like 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 Vine used to be essentially. Yes, okay, but it's what the kids are into. Well, you know the kids. That's what the hip kids are happening. Hey, yeah. daddy, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids are into it. Yeah, I forgot Snapchat. Oh no, Snapchat's been dead for yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are still into Instagram. They are the kids, yeah. yes. Yeah. And by the but, kids, but we it's mean all about um, TikTok, and I actually downloaded it. I haven't, and I started playing it, with it. So, but. so anyway, the whole conversation with TikTok is that if you're under 13, you need um, parental special parent, okay. permission from your parents. Blah 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 blah. But I guess it opens up the bigger conversation, mm-hmm. which this is a conversation that we would love to hear back from our listeners to from, and we'll post some stuff. But not that one guy. You know who you are. <laughs> Post some stuff up um, to kind of get your feedback uh, once this episode goes live on Friday. On Friday. Today, Today. that is fake Friday. Yes, it's Friday right now, yes, <laughs> um, yes. What are your thoughts about children on social media? When do you think it's too young? Um, do you think it's a nece- it's just the times that we live in? Uh, or are you going to, you know, is it more, are your thoughts a more... Older approach, that's like, no, you don't need to be on social media. I was on the social media. What is your whole take on children and social media? So I think kids don't need to be on social media, specifically because kids are in school all day, so they're already in real life social media. Yeah, but if we're at you, work all day. You, right. I'm not around people I like. You know, I gotta, <laughs> I'm around people who I work with. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm chatting with my friends, with you guys, via social media. So, you know, it's different. I think maybe middle... Late, I'm the Bissau. I have to agree. Uh, agree. Late I'm the middle school. One. I'm I'm the one who does not take part of the group chat. Yeah, you're so. <laughs> it annoys me to no end because it's not even the group chat. Sometimes I'll text you about things. It'll be like, hey, um, what about this? You know, recording that we're doing. Hours go by, and I'll literally I'll go because by. I am working at my office. You're self-employed. You can take a break. I am working at my office. Continue. You can take a break. You're self-employed, and then you never know what's going on with all of the jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> anyway. I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, so yeah. So I think maybe late middle school, like eighth grade and on, maybe. Okay. I mean, I, I, again, every kid's different, right? There are some kids who are mature. Are your nephews on social media? I don't believe so. They do have phones. Um, even the little one has a phone. But the reason they have the phones is because with the family plan, they got phones. <laughs> and they were free. So my sister's like, you can have a phone. 
but they 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 can't take it to school. They it's at the house, and after a certain time, my sister locks the phone. So it's like there's a whole you know process to it. Um, but honestly, all they use it for is to play Fortnite, which one could argue is a form of social media because you're interacting with other people. But then um, my brother-in-law also plays Fortnite with them, so he's listening to when people are talking, and they only allow them to invite like their other little cousins. So they all just kind of play together on on Fortnite. So, you know, there's an element of social media, I guess, there, but it's kind of a controlled, you know, format uh, right. in terms of the kids. Again, for all I know, my nephews could have Snapchats, and I, you know, I wouldn't know because I'm not on Snapchat ever. <laughs> I don't turn myself into puppies, but Whoa. you know, um, I don't know. I just, I, I think the younger the kids are that are getting phones now, the younger they're probably more apt to become part of social media, whatever form that takes. Because when we say social media now, I mean, our generation is thinking Instagram, Facebook, but, you know, you've got TikTok and Instagram and blah, 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 well, you know, whatever, whatever my, comes. My question you know. is, as a parent, would you curtail that? I would, but that's because I'm old. No, no, no. It's not that you're I old. Would, I mean, you're, I, you're older, but you're not old. And you certainly are open to trends and you understand. Yeah, that but I also evolve. know, but I also know just, you know, and actually not even Facebook, you know, I'm more, I would be more concerned about like Twitter, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, just because, I mean, let's face it. Anybody can, re- you can request anybody and you know what? You can send a DM. You right. can send, you know, whereas yes, with Facebook, you can do a messenger, but I feel like nobody really does. Most <laughs> people just post comments and that's a little different. I have very mixed feelings on it because on the one hand, you don't want your child to be that one kid. Right. Well, I mean, I know your son has a LinkedIn profile. Uh, yes, he yes he has a LinkedIn profile. Right. Yes. <laughs> I endorsed him for many skills last week. Yes, yes. yes. Uh- yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're already working yeah. on that resume. <laughs> exactly. Um, you don't want because you don't kid. have the same, uh, you know, cash flow as Lori Lachlan. No, so no, no. we got to start, start him young. Start, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. he's gonna be rowing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put him in crew. <laughs> no, no, because his background is Cuban, and that's a stereotype. I know that is that's, that's racist. <laughs> no, you put that boy in discus. Actually, I want to put him in lacrosse. <laughs> I keep telling him, I'm like Tristan, do you want to do lacrosse? And he's like, What's lacrosse? And I'm like. Um, let's just say that it worked for Regina George. He probably could get on some aggression. I'd do it. <laughs> and you know, he he's quite the little feisty he's one. So feisty and done some. So um so yeah, I have mixed feelings about it because you certainly don't want your kid to be that one kid who in this case is not on social media and is the odd man out. But right. you know what? I would try to discourage it as long as I can. Um I certainly don't feel comfortable with Anything under 16. Um, that's not to say that, you know, in my case, he won't have um, social media before that. I just think that the problem with social media now, and I mean, it, it's an issue of this generation or of, of kids coming up now, is that, um, you know, and, and, and each age group has their own, mm-hmm. like, difficulties thing, and yeah. things that they have to deal with right. is obviously the online bullying and the cyber bullying and all that mm-hmm. stuff because you know in the past when you would get bullied and you know we've you talked about home. that here you here went home and show. it was done you know you were the audience of your bullied moment was you know limited to the number of people around you right and you went home and it was over and right. I, I mean obviously that had its own repercussions and it's but own but you at things, least had but, you had your moment of reprieve. but now it's out for the world to see right. it's Many times permanent. Um, it could be also passive aggressive because I know right. 
that on Snapchat, one of the things that kids do is that they'll, uh, you know, like if you're having a party or something, they'll invite everybody on Snapchat. But so then they know who didn't get invited. Oh. Right? So that's like a more passive way, uh, passive aggressive way of like being mean to kids. Right. And and I just think that it it it's it opens I don't think that any nothing good can come out of social media at a young age. At an older age, yes, you could have connections with people. Right. You can, you know, meet other people with similar interests and all that. Exchange ideas. But I whatever. think that as a child mm-hmm. or as a teenager, I don't think anything good can come out so of social media. So you think they shouldn't until they like graduate high school? Or I would say 16? about uh, uh, 16. I, I think 16 is a good number. And, and, and if I were to have a teenager on social media who's under 18, I would probably have to request her password. It's that, nice you said request. I would demand. Oh, demand. Well, demand <laughs> their password. Like, you got to give me your password. Yeah. If you're going to be on whatever, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. So whatever it is. You're going to give me your password. Because another thing is that um, with Snapchat, because mm-hmm. Snapchat videos, um, it's, it's, okay, it's here, here, here's, here's like a really big thing. Because I know of, I personally know of kids who are like 13, 14, who've been involved in issues at their school where like on WhatsApp. Right, you know, right, and people right. were were spreading videos and pictures of themselves naked. Oh shit! Right, like a group chat or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where you have to come down and be like, okay, I'm gonna have your phone now. I know you could delete things. Yeah, you could delete things, but I think that if you're kind of on top of that, you're eventually gonna find something that yeah. is going yeah, yeah. to lead to that. So I I think people need to be very careful. And sometimes I see, you know, and you and now that I'm a parent, I could really say this: you parent your kids how you want. And I'm no one to tell you how to parent your kid. You're no one to tell me how to parent my kid. Um, but I think that sometimes I see children at a really young age with a phone. And I'm like, why do you have a phone? Well, do you really need that? Because I think that you're exposing them to that at such an early age. And I feel that way too about about video games. Really? Yeah, I do. Tristan does not play any video games. But we, I mean, we were, well, no, we were like maybe seven or eight when Nintendo Yeah, but, came but, out. The, but the experience now is very different than when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Because the experience with Nintendo, I feel that now it's a lot more overreaching. Like, like that, you are a gamer. True, because you can play everywhere. You are a right. gamer. With us, you had to be in your home, sitting in your living room. Yeah. And the cord only went. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel, feet. and I feel that also in our, in our era, and God knows that I loved my Nintendo, but I feel that mo- you always had that one kid that, you know, had a hundred Nintendo games. Right, right. But most kids, it was kind of like, it, it was like peaks 20. and valleys. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, I'm really into a game now. And then in a couple of months, I'm not into it. I and- feel it also took longer for games to come out back then. R- they did. Yeah. yeah. And, or oh you know I'm uh, today I'm playing this weekend but then I won't play for like another week right, right and you know video games is one of those things that you know you got to be careful with because they could be very overwhelming that you know I sensory overload. I a sensory overload I don't care what anybody says it's my opinion it's my opinion I don't think it's healthy for a 10 year old to be playing a shooting game as a sniper or whatever it is i i don't like that i i i, I, don't, I don't see the issue with it just because i mean i did it as a kid and i'm okay you used to relatively. chase ducks fair enough but we also used to play contra uh-huh and have you seen how realistic these games are okay fair enough but i'm just saying you know 
I would play, you know, shoot 'em up type games. I, I, I'm I okay. Don't, I don't appreciate for it. The I most mean, part. but again, you raise your kids how I want. I am also the type that Tristan owns no guns, and I've made it very clear to people. It's like you don't need to give him a, a toy gun. Like not even a water gun. Nope. No nope. water guns are fun. Nope. Super soakers no, are nope. fun. Nope. He doesn't need a gun. He has a million toys. He has a million toys. He 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 doesn't he doesn't. But that's the way that I'm raising my child. You may have a different whatever. Way. You have guns in the house. No, I don't. Yes, you do. What guns? According to Tristan, you have the glue gun. Oh my god, the glue gun. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Papa, you have a gun. I'm like, I don't have a gun. And he's like, yeah, the glue gun. And I'm like, oh, shit. I... <laughs> he's like, the gun you bought, you know, the gun you bought you. to make me my Valentine's Day box. And I'm like, the gun? And I'm like, that it was very the, sure. The worst home invasion ever. Be like, hold on. It's warming up. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> coming at coming. It's warming up. But I don't know. I just think that this whole thing with social media and kids, it... I don't think anything good could come out of it. I don't think you're entirely wrong. But I, I mean, you, you could have a lot of kids that are in social media at a young age and nothing happens. But I just think that the the risk is high. High risk, no reward. Yeah. And then also you have to think about and, – and there's been a lot of studies. I mean, study after study after study mm-hmm. comes out of adults. If the, the, the effect social media has an adult – in terms of becoming depressed because as we've discussed here before and we know everybody knows this you put the best version of yourself yes, on social me. media you know from your wonderful vacations to, to your beautiful matcha tea uh-huh, to, to the sunset everything is beautiful and everything's wonderful we're all guilty of that some people more than others some people more than others but we're all guilty of that to right. a certain extent right. and you know you you have to understand that if you are depressed for whatever reason it's not gonna help you know that's not gonna help to see people whatever out there so imagine the effect that that has on children no i i don't disagree but then again the the balancing is like okay but you also don't want to have that child that is like Like, oh i don't drink soda right you know like that kid like yeah yeah, i I don't have cupcakes i can't have refined sugar i can't exactly you don't want to have that kid right right so it's a balancing act but then again nobody said parenting is easy that's true well you know you know who exemplifies a little bit that parenting is not easy deeming the show one day at a time oh yes we love one day at a time we love one day at a time here we are last coke of the desert yeah and we are huge fans and we are very lucky that in this episode we get to interview the creator of the one day at a time on netflix the one day at a time i sound like an old person like go to the google uh gloria calderon Kelly. she is a the creator of of this fantastic show she is cuban-american she's west coast cuban-american so she goes to portos now vicky's right we love her anyway it's the little things the little the little differences like that but we had a fantastic time chatting with her she was just a complete doll and like i say in the interview she's one of the people that when we first started this show i told dj i was like i want her yeah, on she, the show. She is like and the embodiment of the dream of like somebody yeah. who, you know, um, either is an immigrant or came from immigrant parents. You know, it, it was raised American, but raised also Cuban and is out there like doing us. great things for the people, you know. <laughs> exactly She's, like us. We're doing great things for people too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's our interview. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, Caballero, as promised, we have with us today somebody who we have talked about on this show very often in many, many, many ways, all of them positive. We have the creator, producer, writer, brains, even one of the actresses on the last season of the show, um, Gloria Calderon Kelly from One Day at a Time. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to One. Um, I was like, Welcome to One Day at a Time. Welcome to Better Let Me Tell You. <laughs> We're super Thank excited you about having you. Yeah, it's you know to say that this is a a big honor for us is putting it mildly. You know, you were. Quite frankly, we've only been around for about a year, and the minute that we started doing this show, you're one of the first people that we wanted to have on our show. So yeah. thank yeah. you so much for, for taking oh, the time. Thanks, guys. So, I mean, let's just jump into it. One day at a time. I mean, we are two Cuban-Americans here. We're from Miami, obviously. You know, you're, you grew up on the West Coast, I believe, right? Oregon and San Diego. Right. I'm West Coast. You're West Coast. So we got, you know, we got both coasts represented here. Yeah. <laughs> How did this project come about? I mean, there's so much authenticity in it, but how, how did, where did the germ of the idea come from? You know, it really started with Norman Lear. Uh, he had done a show in 1975, One Day at a Time, the original, yep. and it was the first time that a divorced mom had been on television. And, you know, Norman, all of his stuff was really so revolutionary at the time. And uh, I guess many years later, his producing partner, Brent Miller, was listening to a study on, uh, I think, a Coca-Cola study about how underserved representation was for uh, Latina moms in general. And they thought, oh, we have a Latina single mom on, or we have a single mom, rather, on one of our existing properties. What if we made her Latina? Mm. And they came to Mike Royce first, so he was attached to the project before I was. And then um, they met with the, you know, the Latino writers that were out there and, and we sort of fell in love. Norman and I just sort of fell in love in that first meeting. And uh, he asked me about my family and I told him my parents both came here in 1962 during Operation Pedro Pan. Okay. And they were in Miami for about a year before my abuelos were able to come over from Cuba. And then, you know, the diaspora of Cubans in this country is all over because the churches were able to take them in all over the country. So uh, my family and many other Cuban families ended up in Portland, Oregon. And that's where I grew up until I was 14. So I was in a lovely little Cuban community in Portland. I bet you didn't know there was a Cuban community in Portland. I didn't, but I shouldn't be surprised. We're everywhere. Listen, there's a Cuban Cuban community in Australia. Yes, of course there is. (laughs) So it sounds like 
the reboot of One Day at a Time from the very beginning was intended to be either a Cuban or a Latin family because honestly, I was a big fan of the original show, and yeah. when it came back, I too was a little bit surprised that it was you know Hispanic centric because they could have just totally gone on with like a updated version of the original in the seventies. That's true. Yeah, I think it really spoke to their ingenuity that they decided to uh, open their world. And, you know, Norman had wanted to do a Latino show. He he actually tried in, uh, I think, in the early 80s, a.k.a. Pablo, with Paul Rodriguez starring. That's right. And it was, one of, it was one of the shows that didn't go forward. And he had always wanted to revisit it because he really loved sort of immersing himself in Latinx culture. And, and uh, I'm West Coast, so I say Latinx. But... <laughs> 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 um, but uh, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't able to. And so when I was talking about my family and the specificity of my family, uh, I really wanted to make them Cuban. And I found out, you know, Echo Park in Los Angeles was a stronghold for the Cuban community uh, back in the 60s. In fact, there is a, a bust of Jose Martí yep. in Echo Park. Mm-hmm. So we decided, all right, let's do L.A. and they'll be Cuban and uh, we'll base it on my family. And was there any type of like resistance or, 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 or blowback from, you know, maybe executives that thought that maybe, you know, we weren't ready to see a Cuban family or yeah, because. Was- I mean, this is a Cuban family. There is no doubt in our minds. The, from the minute that first episode opened up and, you know, they're talking about Ropa Vieja. You've got the Café Bustelo. They're making, you know, the little cortaditos. I mean, to yeah. me, there's no doubt in my mind. The minute I saw it, before I even knew who was behind it, I literally called DJ up and said, I guarantee you there has to be a Cuban behind this. Yeah. Because there's, the, de- the details are just too the on point. The details. Yeah, they're yeah. too on point. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point they did call and, and say, can we make the family Mexican? Because I think the Mexican uh, population in the United States is the largest right. of the majority minority of, of the Latinx uh, people. Uh, and I said we could. And I grew up in, you know, I, we left Oregon in, when I was 14 and we moved to San Diego. And I lived in San Diego for four years. So I was, you know, I grew up with a bunch of Mexicans in San Diego, but I really wanted to tell my parents' story. You know, they're getting older, and I I really just wanted to give them this love letter. And uh, once I kind of threw down about that, they allowed me to keep the family Cuban, and that really thrilled me. Well, I, definitely it comes across. Um, my father also is a, a Pedro Pan kid. So, yeah, he actually, but he came to this country as as Pedro Pan, but his father was already here. So, you know, he was able to, he moved up to New York for a couple of years, lived with uh, his dad and his two older sisters. My father's two older sisters came with him. So, you know, I'd be lying if I said you didn't make me cry at least three times every season. But um, (laughs) that episode, the first season when, when, you know, Lydia starts talking about, and I'm about to start crying right now, as she's talking about her experience with La Pecera. Because I've heard that story about La Pecera, you know, th- that level of detail, again, to me, it rang so true. And it was it was me seeing my family's story. And, you know, here you are, West Coast, I'm Miami, you know, but it doesn't matter. It's we, we've all yeah. lived through the same thing. So thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was, you know, my my parents don't talk about coming over very often. They're very... You know, we're here, y vamos, you know, pa'lante. Really <laughs> pa'lante, pa'lante, coño. Uh, so they, so it, 
it was very rare that I would get tidbits. And, you know, it really, my mom can't talk, you know, my mom is in her 70s now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks, she's got that Latina patina, so she looks gorgeous, but oh, she's <laughs> well, be a little getting up there. And she still can't talk about it without crying. My dad can talk about it now a little bit more. He's a little bit more able to have some distance. But for my mom, it's right there. I mean, she's right. just 15 again. Uh, C-E. It's just right there. She remembers all of it and feels those feelings. Those feelings have not gone away. So it was really a gift when I had my parents come to the room and tell the writer's room about coming over. Oh, and wow. we were all just bawling, all of us, the whole room. Okay, so right. I feel better now. I wasn't the right. only one. No. <laughs> Yeah, everybody has a story. Yeah. You know? So one of one of my personal favorite moments, uh, I, I forget if it was in the first episode or definitely one in one of the first few episodes, was the um, moment where Schneider had the chair shirt. Because I believe yeah. that if you're Cuban, you <laughs> always you you are going to have that moment where you feel you have to school people on a che. Um, how did you? How did that come about? And again, was that something that you personally had gone through that you feel that you have to be this now like educator on <laughs> on these horrible dictators that somehow are emulated in American culture? <laughs> I know. Well, this is it's funny. That was based on something that happened with my friend Phil Lord, who. Uh, he just got he just won an Oscar for Into the Spider Verse. Oh wow! Um, nice. Yeah, he was one of the writers of Into the Spider Verse. Um, Great. So movie. Phil Ward was a comedy writer, a friend of mine. Uh, he was on How I Met Your Mother with me before he went off to him and and Chris Miller went off and did the Twenty One Jump Street series, and they did you know Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and the Lego Movie, and then they did Spider Verse. Um, he was a writer on How I Met Your Mother with me, and we went to see like a friend's band play. Uh, somewhere in like Silver Lake or Echo Park. And we were early and we were like, oh my God, we drove by, we were driving and there was like a Cuban flag hanging in front of a coffee shop. And Phil's like, it's a sign. We gotta go in and get Cuban coffee before this, before the show. And I was like, yes. So he and I went inside and there was a guy behind the counter with a Shea shirt and they were selling Shea shirts there. Oh my God. With a Cuban flag outside? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, and Phil just did it. He just said, do you know what that is? He did the whole thing. Do you know, <laughs> wow. what, that do you know what that means? Do you know what? Yeah. And uh, and it was so interesting because I had never really experienced it before that moment. I had never seen somebody walking around with a Shea shirt before. We were just shocked. We walked in, you know, to get cabecitos and where our brains were exploding. Um, he also, when, when uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z went to Cuba, he also wrote uh, an op-ed for the Huffington Post that you guys should read. Oh, about yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was so so that was sort of taken from that moment and and how so many people just don't know, just don't know the the realities and how somehow he is, you know, I think there was some school teacher strike because I was I was talking to the writers in the room about it. I'm like, I've seen it. I've seen school teachers talking like wearing Shea shirts at at political at like, uh, you know, teacher rallies where they're trying to and then people are like do you know what that shirt means and they're like yeah he's a revolutionary and we're like they just don't know <laughs> people just don't know the backstory yeah yeah so it felt like a great way to to be very specific about how this family feels about this guy right and now something we've talked about a lot on on our podcast throughout the year the year that we've been on air and um we keep bringing up is you know obviously because we're cuban and we're from miami we have our own story and our own angle on things and Something we always mention is how oftentimes it it surprises us 
to the rest of the world um, or, or the rest of the country, let's say the non-Hispanic part of the country, how homogenized they think that Latin culture is and how they think that, you know, we all wear sombreros and, you know, eat tacos when they forget that there's an entire, like, continent of different cultures and, and so on and so forth. Um, is that something that you feel that in your writing um, you've, you've pioneered to show the nuances in different cultures? cultures, including your own, because um, it's certainly something that we have found a little frustrating at times. Yes. Well, I mean, I think there is sort of an erasure of specific Latino points of view in this country that that and maybe part of it had to do with the idea that when many of us came here or of our, of our ancestors came here, they were told that you it's a melting pot. You got to melt. Right. You got to become part of this other thing. And what that meant in some homes was you don't speak Spanish, you don't celebrate your holidays anymore, you assimilate completely. Uh, in my home, my parents always made me believe that being Cuban was my superpower. Yes. That that's, yes. That that's what um, was special. No, see, that's really the truth. I laugh because so I, we can relate. Well, yeah, of course. line of these beautiful cultured people. And, I mean, I always walked around with incredible pride and told everybody I was Cuban. Um, but then again, you know, my Spanish is terrible because my, my parents still have thick Cuban accents, even mm. though they've been in this country for 60 years. Uh, and they didn't want me to sound like them. They wanted me to sound American because mm. they didn't want me to go through the, the pain of what that was, you know, mm. to try to have a job and have an accent. I mean, that was something that I remember so much as a child. Uh, my mom and, you know, I, was, I said something, I think, like my mom. And my mommy was like, no, 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 Glorita, because they call me Glorita still. Of course. I'm still yeah, in my legal, so yeah. no, like the like the newscaster, okay, not like me, all right. Like it was it was not um you know, they wanted me to they wanted it to be less painful, I think, right. for me. Right. Um but we spoke Spanish and we I understand Spanish fluently. Um, but even but, still you I mean you'd say your Spanish isn't good, but when you speak it you have the Cuban accent. You know what I mean? Like you you, you yeah. don't sound neutral. As it were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just sounded like my parents. <laughs> there you uh, go. Now, something that I, I um, in terms of timing, that I find interesting, because I, I mean, obviously, I know that to get a show developed and all that is something that takes years. And one day at a time has been on the air now for a couple of years. And I'm, I'm sure, as I said, that you were working on it for years before. So, when you started working on this with Norman Lear and it first came across uh, came across in terms of a concept, I imagine this was probably before the election of 2016, yeah. around that time. So did you ever imagine the relevancy yeah. more than ever and the impact that this show was going to have? Across the board, across not, just, the board. not just with Latinx. Latinx I mean, you're, but, you're you know, uh, LGBTQ. Um, the you know the the um, I can't think of the word now, but you know, with Penelope's um, veteran, 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 exactly. Like, there's just so much that is absolutely relevant because today. I, I feel I feel the show is so on point with so many things that are going on, and then you think, well, this was in development for a few years now, so it probably when the development started, these things were maybe not as hot topic as they are now. Well, they're not as hot topic, but they're also like, you know, we hadn't solved racism. Right. You know, we right. hadn't solved colorism. We hadn't solved. So all of that stuff was still a, an issue 
that I saw within our community. We still did not talk about mental health in our community. All of those things were things that we were just talking about. And it's funny, we did a deportation episode in season one, which came about because Norman came to the room and he was like, oh, we should do something about deportation. How about Lydia gets deported? And I go, Norman, Cubans can't be deported. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, people don't know, you know, people don't know, people don't know that stuff. So because they think we're all the same anyway, as much as, as much as we like to claim our differences, the rest of the world sees us all as one thing. So it's, it's definitely being in Hollywood and, and fighting the fight, fighting the Latino fight. It's why I say Latino and Latinx, because growing up, I only ever said Cuban. I only said Cuban stories, Cuban, Cuban. It was always Cuban, Cuban, Cuban until I got here and realized this is a much bigger fight. We need them to see us period. So right. if that means that I need to march with my brothers and sisters that are of different Latinx backgrounds, I will do that because we are there is we just don't exist. Right. We just that's, don't mm-hmm. exist. We are we are six percent of what you see on screen. And that six percent includes every single one line or part, which is mostly what we get, or the third or fourth lead in the procedural that's about the two white people solving crimes. And like, by the way, I didn't even know I wasn't white until I moved to San Diego, porque Cubans think we're white. Sorry. Right. <laughs> me so too. Me, me I, yeah. I yeah. like, oh, they don't see us as that. We can be walking around like, estoy de España, mi mamá y papá de Cuba, pero mi abuelo's de España. You know, that's fine. Yeah. We can say that till we're blue in the face, but the Doesn't rest matter. of the world sees us as that other. I, it's so funny and, you said that because I, I, I thought that too growing up. I'm like, okay, you're either white or black. And I'm not right. black, so I'm, I must be white. Right. So like, that's right. And that's how it is, you know, like simpleton. That's how it is. No, yo también, Nancy. That's how it was with me too. I didn't know. I didn't know until I was here going, oh, I'm an, I'm an actress auditioning for things. Y nada más, gangbanger y gangbanger's girlfriend and gangbanger sister? Yeah. I mean, it was insane i was like what that's people crazy are school teachers and lawyers and doctors in nothing here nothing that's crazy pants that is that is beyond so, insane yeah well i mean you broke wow, a major barrier with this show so yeah. what's that we you you broke a major barrier with this show i mean i know there's still a lot to go but i mean this was a major 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 hurdle that you cleared for a lot of people you know having such a a, a successful show uh, you know based on a latinx well cuban family um so you know you have a lot of a lot of people should say thank you yeah (laughs) well thanks that's nice i just want them to be seen and and feel like oh my god it does feel good to you know look when when a group of people is starved of representation, you know, this is the last time there was a Cuban family on TV was Que Pasa USA, right? Yep. Yep. And before that, Desi Arnaz. Yeah. You know, we've had three shows in a hundred years. <laughs> so like so every 50 I years get, we come by? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get that when you're watching the show and you've had nothing and finally there's something, you want it to represent everything that is you. And if it doesn't, you get mad about it. You get your shackles up about it. I get it. But in order for us to make progress and to support this type of storytelling, we need to let good things be good. And if the storytelling makes sense and is good and is quality and is lifting up our community, we do need to rally around it. And generally speaking, it's been very difficult for Latinos because we are so divided uh, to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. But okay, so I'm, I mean, I know you're saying we're divided, but I think the one thing we can all agree on, and I would be remiss, I know we're, we're a little short on time here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say, we just all agree that Rita Moreno is a national treasure, right? 
I mean, she's, what was that experience for you, you know, putting your heart and soul into this and and getting this living legend to just give life to, to this, this larger than life character who she's already a larger than life actress. (laughs) Yes. It was incredible. I mean, I've been saying since the moment I first, I saw Brita first uh, in Electra Company and then, um, you know, the Muppets and then West Side Story. So she grew, I grew up seeing her and going, she looks like my mother. I mean, she looked like my mom to me. And I had never seen anyone looking like my mom, like that, that was funny and sexy and silly and all of that wrapped up in one little tiny, you know, flaquita, like my mom, (laughs) literally, just like my mom. And so my whole life, when I would talk about my mom, I would say, my mom, think Rita Moreno. And then people would understand what I was talking about. And that's how... Her name came up when I was talking to Norman, the very first meeting we had. He said, tell me about your mother. And I said, well, think about Rita Moreno. And he goes, oh, I'm friends with Rita. We should call Rita. I'm like, oh, okay, let's call Rita, Norman. (laughs) And then sure enough, uh, we were at an event. uh, After we sold the show, we were at an event, and Rita was there, and Norman went up to her, and I I got to meet her very quickly, and he said, we have a show for you. And and she said yes to him. Okay, <laughs> so I'm grateful sister. for Norman because she didn't know me yet. So uh, he was the one that shepherded that into existence. So so what's next? Now, you know, you there was this major hurdle with one day at a time. You you brought it on. on people were able to see, I mean, as you said, quality storytelling, no matter who you are. What are, what are I mean, there's still so many frontiers, I guess. But what are you, what are your personal goals uh, whether it's film or more television um or even print what where do you where do we go or where do you go from here in terms of continuing this i don't want to say fight but this kind of trajectory in putting the latinx culture out there yeah i just well i'm gonna keep doing it i mean that's it i'm, I'm just i have many things in development um i have a couple of show ideas and some movie ideas all of which have latino leads And this is, you know, this, I have a vested interest in stories about specifically look female Latinas, but also uh, making the show and and getting to really lift up the matriarchies that I saw growing up. It also made me realize how very little representation there are for male Latinos. We, when we were looking for a Latino boyfriend for Penelope, the reels that we got from well-known Latino actors, well-known, was wow. mostly them playing cops, Latin lovers, or drug dealers. Right. Damn. There was not a dad, a, the funny guy at work. Very rarely. I mean, I think maybe Oscar Nunez was it that was funny guy at work. Right. That's it. I didn't, There was nothing else that just showed, like, dad at the school. Right. Or just guy hates the girl. <laughs> nothing. Nada. Wow. And that really pained me it was like oh my god we there it we need to show i mean this is vital this is young men that are not seeing themselves as good guy on the football team decent guy dating the daughter you know what i mean like you think about that but that infuses that becomes part of our 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 subjective unconscious and and then you don't think about problematic that's incredible that in 2019 that's the case yeah because I'm thinking now of like network television, the only Hispanic or Latino that I can think of that has a lead is Jay um, uh, Hernandez, Hernandez on Hernandez. Magnum PI. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Uh, because that's I, right. I, 
And and his Latinidad doesn't come into the storytelling. At all. Right. I, that, I was about to say that. It's not yeah, about him right? being his no, Latinidad. Okay, I'm glad he's the lead of a show, but, you know, that's going to affect who he is as a cop, as a human, as a... Yeah. as a detective you know right. and now look I, I i would be remiss if i didn't lift up my dear friend natalie morales who is the first cuban-american since right. desi arnett to star on a network show abby's Abby. right so lift up natalie because she is yep. amazing and funny and wonderful and deserves it funny story about natalie she actually went to the same high school we did oh my god really yeah, yeah. a couple years younger than us but yeah she went to the same high school we did She's a cool lady. I like yeah. her very much. Yeah, yeah, she's another one that you know she's she's on our our wish list as it were. <laughs> so, anyway, well, I know you're short for time, yeah. but I I can't thank you enough. You you really were one of us. As I, we said before the interview started, we you know, we have a segment here on Pero let me tell you that we give like a shout out to people who are doing great things. Um the last coke of the desert and I believe you personally were one of our first ones and then one day at a time the show was also one yeah. at one point. So, yeah, so, yeah a, a double recipient. Thank yeah. So, I mean, just just thank you for everything you've you've given us for putting our stories out there. Uh, también, por si acaso, I'm gonna say while you're developing projects, if you're developing one about two Latinx podcasters, I'm just saying there's two here. We, we have theater backgrounds. We, so, you yeah. know, tell I us where to send it, the reels. That's all we're saying. <laughs> Pero bueno, Gloria, thank you again so, so much. It's been just an absolute pleasure, and I'm so oh, grateful for you taking the time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, bye. Okay. Bye. And we're back. Should welcome back. That's So should we do, you know, welcome back, Gonzalez? <laughs> if we if we reboot that, like, one day at a time? <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> no, Gonzalez, no. Welcome back, um... Well, welcome, we're gonna call it welcome, welcome, welcome back. See, I was thinking like welcome back, Kike, but like no, because no, you wouldn't call your teacher by their nickname. No, welcome back. I don't, I don't know. Well, we have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to thought. El, el maestro, yeah. el profesor, el profe. El profe. el profe. Welcome back, profe. Welcome back, profe. Oh, there we go. There we Welcome, go. Back, profe. Welcome back, profe. Premiering on Hulu next year. Exactly. Welcome back, profe. <laughs> the study, the, the, no, no. We are going to have a show, Welcome Back, Profe, that's going to be about a school in Little Havana mm-hmm. of kids who are immigrants and right. barely speak English, but were gifted or extremely intelligent in their native um, homeland. Right. And this is actually part of our multi-project deal with Columbia Touchstone, um, where we're also rebooting It's a Living. Yes. Um, so, you know, just stay tuned for all of okay, that. Okay, I was about to tell you, I was about to say all the stuff we have <laughs> talked about It's a Living, about our reboot of It's a Living, but I don't want to say it out loud. I put it out there. No, because right. our, our ideas are, like, really good. Really good. Like, we've got this down pat. Okay, why haven't we done this again? No, we really need to do this. Chico. Look at the last couple of weekends of you and I. Have we had we haven't had time to like do anything but you know be out be out and about. Which we're not complaining. We love, we well, love no, being we, out we, and about. But in que momento? Yeah. No. 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 We we have to figure it out. We have to figure it Burn out. Burn the midnight oil. That's the reboot right. of it to living. You know what? We should go to just like a cabin somewhere away from every we'll Walden Pond. We'll, we'll leave it. Garden, Walden Pond. <laughs> yes, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Canal de la 27 <laughs> de Miami Springs and rent a tent. And we could be next to the old um, the old bridge there that connects <laughs> Miami Springs to Hialeah. So, anyway. Um, but I hope you guys bueno. enjoyed that interview. Um, yes. Again, it's 
you know, I think it just shows perseverance on several fronts on her, on, on Gloria's end, you know, that she was able to make this happen. And on our end that we a year later were able to get her. I have to say that getting Gloria was one of those. Gloria's one of the, those guests and we love all of our guests. Yes. Uh, but she's been one of those guests that, you know, have been kind of full circle moments for me. Because as yeah. you said, when we even before we went live with our first episode, she was on our short list of people that yeah. we wanted on the show. Yeah. Um, Which and, means Juan Pablo de Pache, you're next. Fernando, you were like Fernando. Top- the the last episode, of the last season of yeah. Full House is coming out. Yeah. So you were like in top three. I don't remember yeah. if you were two you or were. three, but you were you top were. three. And let's admit it. As much as I love Full House and I love DJ Stephanie and <laughs> Kimmy and Kimmy, I love it. You are the breakout star yes. of Fuller House. So. Absolutely. Anyway, well, so all this that- talking has made me really thirsty. Uh, super parched. Dime. So, what's your last Coke? So my last soda. I've recently been kind of binging on Hulu. Actually, please don't tell me that's going to be my last soda. Okay, go ahead. I don't think so. What is it? Well, I'm binging it on Hulu. Uh-huh. I've been binging the sitcom Wings. Oh, okay. Great. But I'm not giving it to Wings. Are you giving it to Crystal Bernard? No, but I love Crystal Bernard. Okay. I actually looked her up the other day on Wikipedia. It kind of just stops abruptly. Um, no, I'm actually giving it to the theme song from Wings. The theme song from Wings is one of the most relaxing theme songs I've ever heard. I'm going to play it as, as we go out of this episode. It is mm-hmm. the most relaxing theme song ever. Like, it's just this beautiful strings and an orchestra. Mm-hmm. It literally feels like if you're flying in Nantucket over the water. I think the, this is the, the first time that the Last Coke has gone to a theme. Probably. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been like... You know that I really like that show? And I feel that that's one of those shows. Wings was... I wouldn't it ran say for like it was, seven seasons. But I wouldn't say Wings was like a huge hit when it was around. But it was big enough that it lasted seven right, seasons. Right. But I feel that that's one of those shows that never like thrived on syndication. People forget. Well, you know why? Because it was on syndication mostly in U- on USA before USA was. Was it USA? USA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before USA started having like its own program. Characters welcome. Yeah. You know, suits. Right. <laughs> or, well, no, wait, what is. Royal, no, what was the one Pains that Royal Paint Monk? Monk and um, Royal Paints was on for a while. Yeah, it was yeah, Royal Paints Monk suits. Burn Notice. Burn Notice. The that one with the one. Um, this guy, um, the guy with the blue eyes, um, white collar, white collar. Wow, I knew you were thinking of Matt Bomer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it was blue eyes. You didn't think of Frank Sinatra. You thought about Matt Well, Bomer. you know, I, I, I don't remember his short-lived USA sitcom, you know, Life with Frankie. So. Uh, <laughs> that other one. Yeah. So, okay, well, Wings. Yes, the theme song from Wings. I love Crystal Bernard. I do, too. I really like that song that she wrote for Paul Abdul. What? If I Were Your Girl. It's on the Head Over oh, Heels album. I'll be here waiting. Yeah. Wait, what's that. the song that she has with Peter Cetera? Want to Take Forever Tonight. I want to take forever tonight. That's it. Wait, which one was she saying of? I'm gonna think all of my life. Wait, what was the one I was thinking? No, the one I'm thinking is the one with Amy Grant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Next time I I fall fall in love, I'll know better what to do. Next time I fall in love, okay, enough about that. Time for my (laughs) so. Just give it to Peter Cetera. (laughs) No, so. My last Coke goes to something that I've also been binging on Hulu, but then okay. I also kind of binged on like everything around it. So Hulu has this show called... It has binge adjacent things? Well, no, because I started <laughs> binging on the show, but then I started binging on like documentaries about oh, the got show. It, got it, got it, got it, got it. The Act. <gasps> oh, 
I you oh my god have it, you seen the documentary? I well okay so let me let me <laughs> I had seen the commercial on Hulu right. about the show. All right, right. And I kind of had known about it, but I hadn't really paid attention to. You the, never read the BuzzFeed article, nothing. No, I had remember seeing her something on a Megyn Kelly or something, mm-hmm. or not not Megyn Kelly. I, I remember seeing something on it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know specifically like I, I about it. it. Right, right. Something that the mom was manipulating the daughter to See. be sick, and that's it. But I had seen the ads for the show on Hulu, right. and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta watch this." So then, when I saw it, then I'm like, "Okay." Before I watch the series, I'm going to watch the documentary. Yeah. So I watched the documentary on um, HBO. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, if you put on YouTube, you put Gypsy Rose, like a ton oh, of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, content comes out. So I like ate up that content. Like it was, you know, a flung by, um, by a, a Creamy Creations. Creamy creations. By AM. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ate up that content. Love like you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So I urge everybody to please watch the act on Hulu it's, it's really good. and to watch the documentary. It's only, I think, at this point on like episode three. Yeah. Uh, I think as of three the, comes as of out this, this week yeah, as of this, as yeah. a fake Friday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think our other, our other hashtag, hashtag should, should be, be fake, fake Friday. Friday. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so anyway, the show, uh, the act, it's on based on the real-life uh, story of this girl called Gypsy Rose that she was manipulated by her mother in mm-hmm. um, believing that she was sick. Yeah. And the it's girl... Like Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Exactly. So the girl, up until her early 20s, believed that she had like um, multiple sclerosis, leukemia. lymphoma, leukemia, uh, other forms of cancer. She, she, the walking was the only one that she knew she could walk. Right, but I think her mother had convinced her that... like. She couldn't walk all the time or something And like that. the girl was perfectly healthy. She lived off of a feeding tube. Yep. Her mom would shave her head. Her voice sounded like Minnie Mouse on helium. Um, Mama, yes. And this, this was all a manipulation of the mother. And they got a free house from Habitat for Humanity. They were they on to the, Disney. I don't know how they went to Disney. Yeah, all that. They, they got all the, I don't want to say perks because, <laughs> you know, when you're sick, that's not a perk. But they got all the, you know, benefits they give out right. to children that are really in need and right. and really are sick they they rode that wave and the mom completely manipulated this okay. and can, and it ends up i mean it's no secret i'm not giving anything away no, exactly it I mean, ends up a, that a, the girl and her boy she got this boyfriend right. online que era un loco arrebatado, and it ends up that the boyfriend kills the mother at her at her directive right. And she actually went to jail in 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 real life, but it's just the show is messed up, but in such a good way. Can you imagine if in real life you were at that award ceremony where her and her mother started singing "I'll Be There"? <laughs> I, I have seen that. <laughs> that was so cringy. But people, like it's so messed up. It's so good. The show is so good, and I recommend that if you start watching the show, it's called again "The Act" and it's on Hulu. Watch the documentary first on HBO. It is amazing, and it just, you know, what what I like about it is that when you you finish watching the documentary, you ask yourself, was she justified in killing her mom? Well, not justified, but what did you? Like you kind of understand where she was coming from, exactly, because her mom, like. It's incredible what her mom did to her. You know, it's one of the things that um, even after watching the documentary and watching so much content about it, I am, I'm still a little bit like 
puzzled and troubled about is with the exception of a few doctors who caught on all the other doctors who kept you know they just kept going giving her medication and and, and well, prescribing she would her steal, stuff she would steal prescription pads too yeah but 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 still i mean a lot of doctors and a lot of medical facilities well, the had to turn the other way was at the insistence of the mother yeah. the girl was on a feeding the, the, sal- tube. the salivary glands were removed yes. at the assistance of the mother yes I mean like but who does that like freaking to, to get back at the second you have to go to like you have to get all these tests and all this stuff and like they got on the salivary glands she was on a feeding tube she was on a feeding tube I mean whatever anyway my last coat goes to her, which she in when she well, was going so through this. Your last coat goes to Gypsy Rose or to the act. It goes to the act <laughs> and to Gypsy Rose, because poor Gypsy Rose, while she was under the manipulation of her mother, she couldn't have sugar. That's why she had to have her teeth arrancal. She couldn't have sugar, and in fact, there's there's a scene where she kind of wanted a cupcake, and she tried a cupcake, and her mom's you know epipened her, her, and then they go to the hospital and whatever. Is that a verb? Watch. We just use that. We just use that as a verb. Yeah. Epipenning. Epi-pen. We're gonna epipen. Uh, I was so epipenned yesterday. Yeah, I was so epipenned. God. <laughs> anyway, when well, that's episode fifty-six. This was a filled episode. Oh, I know. So much to say, and we had an interview too. Good, googly you know, moogly. From Gloria to Michael Avenatti to Fortnite to TikTok to Gypsy to, Rose. Now I'm thinking of Kesha. Um, to cupcakes. Now I'm thinking of Publix. To Gypsy Rose, to um, I just the, see where this, the Heifer Corporation, to good old Heifer, good old Heifer Corporation. Bueno, mi gente, thank you as uh, always. As always, yeah, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And remember yep. to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupinha. Yep, and don't forget to check out all of our co-podcasts on the Geek Bro Network. Our, our primas, Mamas and Merlot, Mount Geekmore, Woo Bro. Also, this weekend, we're going to be uh, out and about at the Ultimate Miami events uh, at the Magic City Casino, both Friday and Saturday. So we'll be milling about. And if you see us, say hi. You know, we, we like we like being said hi to, except for that one guy. You know who you are. Same guy who leaves us those weird comments. I said, stop. Just enough. 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 I, don't, I don't have to get J-Lo on you. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 